Welcome, dear listener, to another Geeking Out Sportscast. Now, it is the playoff time. Uh, there's plenty of interesting matchups, and we're going to go through and break it down and give our you know little own ideas of who's going to go on and make it to the next round and, you know, make things spicy, make things a little spicy, you know, decide who we think is going to win the cup. Now, are we going to be correct? Probably not, but that's okay. Just have fun with it. So... Uh, you want to just get started and get right into it? I think that's how we should go. Uh, let's start with the central bracket. Um, so Colorado and Nashville, and then Mini and St. Louis. So Colorado, Nashville, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. A lot of star power. Um, arguably the two Norris potential trophy winning defensemen in the year with Roman Yossi and Kale McCarr. Uh, I, I hope Kale McCarr gets it, but I have a suspicion my uh, good lad, uh, Roman Yossi, will get it. Um, and, I mean, he's had a phenomenal season, so can't take that away from him. Uh, but plenty of star power, as I said. But I think overall the balance of Colorado, I mean, they seem to have a bit more star power, a bit more depth, stronger depth, I should say, uh, than Nashville. But, I mean, Nashville by no means is a sleeper pick. Uh, yeah, I can just jump in before uh, Olivia gives his two cents. But, um I think, I mean, there's there's some kind of um, injury concerns with regards to UC Saros. Um, it's not fully sure um, that he'll play game one. It does sound like he will play in the series. That's what their uh, their coach John Hines said. But uh, I mean, they don't really have a backup. It's big, uh, big save Dave, which I don't really trust. Who's been bad this year? And then I think Connor Ingram. Um, so. Yeah, they don't really have any goaltending options that are nearly as good as UC Saros, who's been really good for them. And, and you know, I, one of the biggest reasons why they made the playoffs. So um, I think it's going to be really tough for Nashville if they're missing Saros, even for like two, three games, because I, I don't know how they win a game with without like elite goaltending against this Colorado team that can just score for fun. So um, I think Nashville will be in tough and I'd be very surprised if they, they, uh, if Colorado lost, but, you know, remember 2019 and Tampa versus call um, versus Columbus. Right. So it's the playoffs. Anything can happen, but I'd, I'd put a lot of money on Colorado. Montreal going to the finals. Who the heck had that? Like, come on. And now what is it? What are they last place in the league? Second last? last dead last oh, okay so from second place to last i mean they didn't finish the season last year in second but they finished the playoffs in second mm-hmm. so i mean you're right anything anything is possible it's a it's a wild wild scene yeah look montreal is always making history okay first nhl team to ever finish 32nd so you know put some respect on the name <laughs> true true uh, regardless cool. though i've got i've got colorado in this and uh, I don't think it's going to be that close either. Unfortunately, mostly due to the, the Saros things. If Saros was in and like healthy, it'd probably be a closer series and I'd still go Colorado. But the fact that he might miss game one of a seven of a seven game series is not enough. Cool that they made it this far. Don't think they're making it past round one. The, the, so Colorado hasn't had the best of playoff series in the past few years. Um, arguably they might have had one of the strongest teams last year and they have a much stronger team this year although you know they they weren't swept they they weren't like 
Well, they were kind of. Uh, they they were up two no and then got swept. So okay, I they they got swept, but they lost in six. Yeah, right. Last but year to Vegas. All to say, they haven't been convincing, and when their star players needed to show up, they haven't done so convincingly. So, are we going to see a similar pattern here? This against uh, Nashville Predators, or have they learned a bit and kind of you know you know learn from their mistakes, kind of a la Leafs style, but the Leafs have not learned yet. Um, are they going to do something and then, you know, figure it out, get off their, you know, get over their hump, so to speak? I, I think so. Oh, sorry. You go a little uh, bit. Yeah, I definitely think so. Because I think especially last year and the year before have all been relatively strange years for the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, but with what's happened this year, the fact that it was a normal, you know, season, quote unquote, um, despite what's happening in the rest of the world, that I think Colorado is going to have uh, an easier time acclimating themselves to playoff hockey and not running into the same issue they had last year where they were just so good and just dominating, uh, which is something the Leafs have run into as well in the past where like, you're really good in the regular season. You don't feel the need to, you know, you don't have an extra gear to play up to. Whereas I think this year, Colorado has the space to elevate their game a little bit more when it comes to playoffs. Kieran, I'm just going to steal your job on this podcast as host and transition into mini uh, St. Louis because I think the test doesn't start against Nashville. It starts in the second round when they play Minnesota or St. Louis. That's when I think I'll really know how – I think, you know, I still think they'll beat whoever they play in the second round, but, like, they should. But I think that's the test. I don't think Nashville's the test, especially with Soros. I think the big test will be against Minnesota and St. Louis like the winner of that, that I think they play. Or they Minis- play. Yeah. I think Minnesota and St. Louis is going to be one of the closest series. Uh, like, look, yeah, yeah. like I, I find it hard to make a call just right now. Cause like St. Louis is a team that's like built from the ground up, has had playoff success, then kind of faltered and then retooled themselves to still be successful in the playoffs. Whereas Minnesota has been kind of somewhat carried by, uh, high-end, you know, forward, and just kind of continue to strengthen themselves. So mm-hmm. it's going to be really tough. If I – I think – I think I'd give it to St. Louis. Mm. I, I I feel like – and, Kieran, you can jump in after or whatever, but I, I think that for many – you know, St. Louis won it just a couple years ago. I think for many, they've really – because of the buyouts of Suter and Parise, like this is the year they can actually be good <laughs> – and then they're screwed because they have no cap space, right? Like they're they like lot. I think they lose like 14 million on the books or 12 million on the books next year. Something so like and you know, they made the flurry trade, they made uh Deloria, they got Deloria, they got Middleton. They kind of went a, like half all in this year, you know, and they've been really good. I think I just like mini, they have home ice, but I I, I think you're right, Olivier. It is a pick 'em, it, it's not a like this game, this series is almost for sure going like six or seven, and and it'll be a really fun, tight, and probably the tightest series. Um, I think I think yeah, slight edge to St. Louis for me, just because we've seen like I think they have a good tandem between Bennington and Huso. Yeah, like I think they're doing great in that sense. Yeah, and then just their forward core is pretty deep. Like they've got over half a dozen guys with more than 50 points and a couple of them like just barely under including several defensemen so i think they're built for it. i think they're going to make it past the first round i don't think they'd beat colorado but i think they're going to beat minnesota 
Fair right. enough. You know, it, it'll be interesting to see how, I mean, St. Louis, they, they have a very strong team. As you mentioned, they're very well built, but they don't have the highest high-end talent. So it'll be interesting to see how their, you know, four lines are able to deal with Minnesota's high-end talent, especially with the likes of, you know, Kirill Kaprasov, who's been lights out uh, to a point where he's probably next best Russian kind of thing, like talks after Kucherov kind of thing. Panarin. Um, Panarin, yeah, uh, but I mean... Vasilevsky, Ovech. I know what you mean. He's no, like... No, 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 but like but forward in the future. In the future he's up well. there. He's up there. Yeah. He's definitely up there. So, very skilled player. And they have a couple other players that have been doing really well. I mean, uh, what is it? Kevin Fiala, I believe. Has been, yeah, so he's been Kevin having a really incredible year. Future um, Zuccarello's been doing well and, and a bunch of other players as well. And so... For me, if St. Louis is able to shut down that top line of Minnesota, I, I'm not sure if Minnesota has enough um, depth to kind of deal with uh, St. Louis's depth. Even even just looking at the raw numbers, like Minnesota has Kaprizov, obviously over 100 points, Fiala 85, Zuccarello 79, and then like Ryan Hartman has 65. St. Louis has just so many guys over 50 points. So yeah. many of them are like playing at better than a point per game. And on top of that, you know, goaltending and defense will win you games as well. And I don't know who you trust more. Flurry for sure helps out Minnesota a lot if he can perform well. But even his numbers this year are nothing crazy compared to what we've Talbot's been good doing. too, but he's not like none of them have been a lead. Talbot is definitely a hot and cold goalie. And that, that's mm. something I'd like to talk about when we get into the Edmonton series. Um, but Flurry, you also need to take into account, he played on a rather poor uh, yeah, block to start off. the year. Yeah, yeah he, he did play on a bad team. But I, I think if we call the goaltending even between Huso, Flurry, you know, yeah. uh, Jordan Bennington and uh, Talbot, if you yeah. call that even, just I, I think the depth of St. Louis – and like the just the few of their players just breaking out, like Jordan Kier, you know, Robert Thomas and Pavel Bushnevich just playing amazing. I think the depth is going to take it for them. Yeah. And they have the experience, right? Like it's a pretty similar team to the team that won in 20. Like there's obviously like Petrangelo. They're mostly upgrades. Yeah. But there's well, like when you, you take up Petrangelo, it's not a. But they got Tory Crew. Joel Edmondson. Mm-hmm. Come on. Come on. Show some love for that. Guy. No, but that. Yeah. that done. But, but that yeah. is, is still like relatively intact, right? So, um, mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's a pick. I mean, it'll be a it'll be a really fun series. I think it'll be a lot of tight checking kind of hockey, like mm-hmm. a central style. Maybe. One thing I would give like St. Louis defensemen are a lot more active when it comes to like actually playing. Uh, you know, other than like Jared Spurgeon and like Matt Dumba, Dumba. yeah. Of. But yeah, I but think then, Falk and Tori Krug's a really good offense. Falk, Krug, and Pareko. Yeah. Like just three guys that you can just run out. And like, yeah. then you have like, you know, Marco Scandella is going to stay at home, but that's. Yeah. No, no. That's, that's what he's there for. Yeah. I wonder if they play Nick Letty, who isn't an analytics darling, but they gave up a lot for him at the deadline. So mm-hmm. we'll see. But he was a really good defenseman back in the day. So. We'll yeah. See. Well, we'll see. For me, it's, for me, it's definitely St. Louis. Yeah. All righty. I went so, with Mini. I went with Mini. It's a lot of interesting picks now there. So let's let's 
moving over to the Pacific Division. Uh, well, I mean, Pacific plus Dallas, as one you might say. Uh, okay, first uh, playoff preview, I guess, or, or Pacific preview. Calgary versus Dallas. Now, obviously, Dallas is in Central, but because of the wild card, they got that spot, and they're playing Calgary. So here, I think it, it, I think it's interesting because before the season started, we were wondering, can Calgary actually get their shit together and play like the team that they have on paper? Because they have a very good team on paper. It's just they were always inconsistent. Their top players weren't playing well. And, I mean, we've seen with Sean Monaghan, who still hasn't played well. But the others have done so well that they're able to lift up the rest of the team. And they have a very strong mid-core to this team, as well as defensive core. And their goaltending has been phenomenal so far. So, what can we say about this kind of Dallas, uh, well, Dallas Calgary uh, rivalry here? Or... I, I I don't know what you guys feel, but I think it's one of the most lopsided series. Um, I just think Calgary's been such a good regular season team, and they're kind of built for the playoffs. Like if you look at their guys, although some of their forwards obviously aren't like the biggest, but um. They're just, you know, great goaltending, huge defense, like good puck movers. They're like top six is incredible. Um, just a lot of depth, too, with getting Yarn Croak into Foley. Like they just even missing Monahan for like the rest of the year. Like they're still super deep. And um, he wasn't doing much for them. No, but I mean, that's another guy and he's gone. And I don't even think they missed really much of a beat. Right. Even though he was bad. He uh, ended up being their fourth line center. Yeah. So it, I just, and uh, watching Dallas a fair bit in the central, like they're, they're an okay team. They've had good goaltending, but uh, I just, I think if, if, if Jason Robertson doesn't go off and they can kind of contain Heiskanen, like Sagan and Ben aren't as good as they used to be. They have I feel some like decent players, but I just, I, I like Calgary way more. I, I picked them in like five or six. I think Dallas has, such a roster of like big name guys that have regressed way too far. Yeah. They've Tyler regressed Sagan. for their deals. They've regressed for what they're supposed to be doing on the team. Like, like Joe Pavelski leads the team in points right now. I don't know how to Doesn't feel about Ryan that when it's it? a team, when it's a team with like the Tyler Sagan's, the Jamie Ben's on, like those are the guys who should be leading the team. Yeah. Whereas Calgary is doing exactly what they were meant to do with this time, Johnny Gaudreau fully participating. Yeah. Getting up uh, more than 100 points in the season. Like 115 points. And then Kachuk has also played a whole new almost, level this year as well. Yeah, almost 100 points. I think he ended with 99. Yeah. I thought he got 100. 104. 100, yeah. Oh, I got it right yeah, yeah. here. 104, yeah. 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 Like oh. JT Miller ended with 99, and that was just That's, that's what yeah. we're talking yeah. yeah. But, like, uh, Calgary's been doing exactly what they've wanted to do for years, and it's worked, finally. Uh, thanks to not only that, but some some good goaltending, but good I, coaching as well. You yes. bring in a Stanley Cup yeah. pedigree coach and see what can happen. Oh my goodness! Here's what you do: you steal half of the Vancouver Canucks and you put them on your team. You put you the reason the why you put the players that yeah. put you take the all the good ones the playoffs and, you move and then, them over. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that too, that too. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. But, but I know. Uh, I mean. Yeah. I gotta agree with it, it is a, it is kind of. I mean, it looks lopsided, and I mean, we might say that it it is, but 
we never know. It is the playoffs after all. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah and the thing is, Dallas has had good goaltending. Like, could Ottinger and uh, I mean, I think Bishop. No, Bishop's out, but um, but Ottinger's been really good. So, like, you never know. They you can always ride a hot goalie. I just think that they're just not good enough up top to really compete and their decor. Like I love Heisken and I think he's great, but other than him, like that's, Suter, it, that's it. I mean, John Klingberg. Klingberg. Like he's not a great defensive defenseman. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, and I think Calgary like is more built for the playoffs, not only with Sutter as the coach, but just overall they're, big mean fast they're they're kind of very similar to those la kings teams that won under Suter. if you think about it not a like maybe not the best player in the world or like a top five player but just a lot of really good players right for me i think it's going to be the games are going to be closer than what the series results end up being yeah like it might be like 4-1 or like 4-2 but i think the games are going to be much closer than that's going to lead us to believe Like, looking at the series at the end of it without watching the game is not going to tell the whole picture. And whoever comes out of this series is going to have is going to come out beat up. Can we can we just acknowledge that there's, like, a very good chance Edmonton plays Calgary in the second round? That would be pretty fantastic. Like, I, well, I, like that's a way to transition, but also, like, how fun would that be? And I think it's... I think it's the likeliest outcome in terms of, you know, it's a one-in-four chance, technically, but that I think they're the two favorites and kind of probably some of the most overwhelming favorites in the first round. Like there's a lot of good series. Like you go, like, I think the Pacific's actually the kind of the easiest to kind of tell who's making it to the next round. Um, like if you guys have any more thoughts on the flames, Dallas series, go for it. But well, I was disappointed that they didn't bring, Holy cow. I was disappointed that they didn't bring back um, Mark Giordano and I will be, it's okay. We'll 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 be back. Olivia and I can, uh, you know. Yeah, what we'll, hold, we'll, hold, we'll hold down the fort. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Olivia, like, what what are your thoughts on the uh, the Kings Oilers uh, series? Because I I don't think it's as close as you know. I, and, and I, I yeah. I don't think I don't think it's that close either. Um, one thing about the Oilers too is that like this is a year where they got to show up. And they got to show up as everybody's got to show up because uh, if they don't, it's going to start to spell the end of the line for Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. They're going to start looking for ways out of here. If, if they don't, if, if nothing happens for them, if they lose in the first round and it's not even close, those guys are out the door. If they get swept, if they get swept again, they're both. <laughs> I'll tell you that if they get swept by this Kings team, that is probably just as good, maybe slightly better than that Jets team last year. But not world beaters. Uh, they should ask out. I, I will completely um, allow it. But I will say, um, under you know they they fired their coach, uh, not McClellan, but what's his name? Um, who did they fire? Do you remember oh, what's his name? I don't. It's okay. Name. Jay Jay Woodcroft. It'll come to me later. I can see. His yeah. Name. Dave Tippett. Uh, Dave, Dave Tippett. Tippett. That's it. Um, but under Jay Woodcroft. They they're twenty six nine and three, which is like very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Smith has been playing pretty well, although he mm-hmm. was playing great last year. And then in the playoffs, was he wasn't bad, but he wasn't good. And like, I was I was a believer in Smith too. So although Koskinen's actually been all right this year, when last year he was just atrocious, this year he's eh. 
He's, he's good okay. enough. Yeah. He's, maybe it's just he's always played well against the Jets. I don't know. I mean, nine oh three and three point one is not fantastic numbers. But they, Mike Smith, they were, they were also they're also bad to start yeah. the year, and he played yeah. more because Smith was out. So it's. But it, I don't even think that matters that much. No, I, I mean no. goaltending obviously matters, but like Connor McDavid, one hundred twenty three points. Drysaddle, one hundred ten. And then your top guys, Kopitar and Kempe, with sixty seven and fifty four. Yeah, yeah. That's not like the thing. The thing I will say. Crazy stat. The thing I will say, and this is the only way, or the only reason I think the Kings maybe have a chance, is they have some pretty good defensive forwards. They do. They have Dano. They have Philip Dano. With Philip Dano with twenty seven goals, by the way, that's absolutely. I know that you know he's earning that money, baby. Yeah, Uh, like Victor Arvidsson too. But um, and then Hanze Kopitar, right? Who's mm-hmm. you know, a great player and a I mean, great defensive player. One of the best two ways in the game. So and you yeah. can't you can't put aside the fact too that like some of their young guys, you know, Quentin Byfield still on this team. Like, you know, this was supposed to be a bad year for them, yeah. and they made it all the way here. And like Arthur Kaliev as well. I wouldn't be surprised to see one of them kind of take off in the playoffs mm-hmm. uh, and do something more with the time that they've been given. But on the other end of things, too, like Edmonton has gotten significantly deeper, yeah. not as deep as they want to be. But with the addition of Zach Hyman, at least, it definitely gives you someone else that you can help run a line. Even Fogel just being yeah, a Fogel too. Player. Like he's not Fogel. Great. Yeah, Fogel. Yeah, I, for the Warren Fogel for Ethan Bear trade is a whole other thing. But he's been yeah. serviceable for what he's yeah. been asked to do. He's been serviceable. And even just picking up Brett Kulak at the deadline yeah. for basically nothing. Well, I mean, a second in Lagason, but. Yeah. Picking up Brett Kulak was just a solid stay-at-home defenseman with a good first pass, but, you know, keeps them from, you know, getting to the net too often, right? So just having a guy like that that will keep your fourth line from getting scored on all the time is going to help a lot. So I think Edmonton for sure. Yeah, I think it's a five or six. I I, I would say I'd, I'd feel better about L.A. if they had kind of elite goaltending. Like, Quick's been good, but he's not been, like, crazy stellar. Yeah, he hasn't um, been the Jonathan Quick that we know. Yeah, right. This is not Jonathan Quick 2012, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, I'm not blaming him or anything. He's actually I been mean, good. Yeah. He's been good, right? Like, it's 9-10. It's kind of league average. Like, whatever. But for me, that that's the thing is, like, they'll have good defensive players to match up. But it's like, you're still matching up against, like, the nuclear weapon. Like, I think their biggest problem is going to put- system and you're against a nuclear weapon. Like yeah. sure, you might mitigate it, but you're still getting screwed. So their, their biggest problem, I think is going to be actually putting the puck in the net. Cause I'll, I don't, I don't really see an elite talent that's going to be burying it every time, you know? Yeah. And, and, and if, if the Oilers decide to sit down and really play defense for these playoffs, there's not going to be much stopping them. Yeah. No, but it, are they actually going to be able to play that style of hockey? Because they haven't, had much success in the past and we haven't no. really seen mcdavid play in that style it's always been offense 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 and go 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 mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see i still have them for this series yeah whether I, they beat calgary who's a more rounded team if calgary makes it to the next round yeah, right i like, would i would not pick them against calgary um i, I mean i'm not so. i think you have mcdavid and dry you have a chance but i think Again, yeah. I think in this series, again, kind of similar to the other one um, in terms of Dallas-Calgary, I think it's a pretty substantial edge to Edmonton, but you never know. Um, things happen. And and also remember, like, 
if McDavid or Drysaddle get hurt, like that, that dramatically changes the series. Like when you're, I mean, yeah, so, when you're everything. So, no, but even if let's say they get a cross check to the back and they have a, I don't know, a hernia and they're like 50% themselves, right. Can still play, but not the same. Like that's a huge impact. Like when you're so reliant on two guys, the injuries in the playoffs can take a toll, even if they're not fully out or if they're fully out. Right. So um, I'm not saying LA is going to go out and try to, you know, break their necks or something, but uh, I would just, I just feel like they have, the thing, we have seen McDavid and Dreisaitl being shut down to an extent in the playoffs and they don't have much success outside of those two players, you know, putting up the numbers. So do they have enough to kind of keep them going? And push them forward. I, I would. I. I don't know if we if we briefly mentioned this or not, but the hot and cold goaltending. If they get like cold goaltending for just even like two or three games, they're done. Like they're they're done. They've they've been good defensively under, uh, under Woodcroft and like as I mentioned before, you weren't here, but twenty six nine three right. So under him. So and they've and they're deep. I know they're. I haven't looked at it like specifically but i know their goals against went like significantly down so um now that could just be mike smith being hot but they're like we'll we'll see i think you have a valid question i i just think this isn't the team that is going to crazy exploit them um and have a bunch of high danger chances even if they don't get that many you know um, I think that's why the Jets actually worked well against them uh, we don't need to get back into a synopsis of last year but they would get a couple high-end chances and it's Mark Shifley, Ehlers, Connor, right? And on this team, there's Byfield and Kopitar has been good, Arvidsson, but they're not kind of elite, elite scorers, right? Um, and as Olivia said, like, I think their highest point getter was Kopitar at 60-some and, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl have 120 and 110, so. Yeah. little lopsided there. Yeah. All moving it over to the Atlantic Division, now, we say Atlantic, but this was the same issue with Calgary-Dallas. It's the Panthers and the Washington Capitals. Now, the Panthers are your NHL uh, – oh, why am I forgetting the trophy? President's Trophy. Uh, President's Trophy winners. Now, because of that, they automatically do not win the Stanley Cup as you know, <laughs> President's, Choice, President's Trophy winners never win the Stanley Cup. So, uh, well, obviously, that, that not necessarily the case, but – um, I mean, this Florida team looks exceptional. They have four lines that work really well. Their top line is so utterly dominant at this point in the season that it's hard to think of a better line right now than the Barkov, Sasha Barkov, Claude Giroux, and uh, Uberdo. And I think, well, Giroux finished with 100. No, no, sorry, I'm thinking of Stamkos. Um, Giroux had a strong end of the season with the Florida Panthers. Uberdo had more than hundred points and Barkov also had a very strong season. So what can we expect from this uh, matchup? And, and does Washington have enough to kind of deal with the pace and the uh, grind that the Panthers can give? I, th- I, I think it's a weird one. I, I feel like Panthers should destroy Washington. Washington, like obviously was the, like the worst team in the East to make it um, points wise and haven't been that great, honestly. Um, I mean, Ovechkin's still been good. Backstrom's been good. Carlson's good. They've got kind of good goaltending, but not kind of 
excellent with Banachek and, and Samsonov. Um, but you have Ovechkin, you have Backstrom, and you have, you know, Oshie and, and those guys. Like, they have weapons to kind of push this Panthers team. I just think it's kind of – it's you know, it's the playoffs. It's hard to know, like, game one goes well for Washington and then, you know, things change and there's a big injury, but I think the Panthers should win relatively easily, but I do think they're kind of, it's not the greatest matchup just because um, how well do you trust Florida's goaltending? Um, you know, Bobrovsky's had a better year than his first couple in, in Florida, but he's still not like Bobrovsky and Knight is a young, young goalie who's been good, but you know, how, how much can you really kind of rely? So I, I think the Panthers should win easy, but I think th this might be a spoiler alert um, just because I think Washington could kind of, with their talent, could just make them pay. And and the Florida hasn't been the greatest defensive team, right? So they've been the best scoring team, but they haven't been the greatest defensive. So um, not that they're horrible, but um, I, I, you know what? I'm going to oh, fuck it. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Washington and seven. I'm going to see a little bit of an upset. I just feel there's always one upset that you never expect. And I'm going to go with this one, even though I, I think the Panthers are a way better team. Respectable. Uh, I, I, I think I got to go Florida. Yeah. Just because Washington, like the issues that you bring up with goaltending, I find are kind of moot because both teams have, Similar goaltending. Vanacek with a 908, I, Samsonov with an 896, and then you've got what Bobrovsky with a 913 and Knight with a 908. So no, I I, I that that's the thing is like Washington doesn't have elite goaltending either, but if you have like who knows, maybe you get one guy gets hot, like you're not as certain about no, I'm not as I'm not certain about either team's deep no, I goaltending, agree, I agree. but it, you know, at this point, if both teams' goaltending are relatively even, if neither teams excel defensively, which is right, probably what will happen, neither of them are that good defensively. Like on either side of the spectrum, whether it's super well good offensively or super good defensively, they each have good players. But at the end of the day, I'm going to put the team that broke the NHL scoring record and say it's going to be them. Yeah. Like they're going to put the puck in the net regardless, and they have also just made so many additions whether it was through just drafting really well, making some decent trades, like there's no one on the roster that I really feel like has cost them too much and hasn't worked out. Like even Sam Bennett, which at first, like I know some people disagreed when I liked the trade. I, I thought it was stupid as hell. I, I, I liked it. And look at that 49 points in 71 games. Like the guy's doing what they're asking him to do. I picked him for my fantasy team. I will say that. Right. And like Anthony Duclair, a guy they got for basically nothing, 58 points in 74 games. Like they're making the right calls. Like Sam Reinhart trade has turned out to look pretty good. 82 that points, like over a point per game. No. Huberto, like 85 assists. 85 I just, assists. I just, I just worry about a team that isn't great defensively in the playoffs. Like you can be great, but like, like it kind of happened in the last like with the Jets I don't want to keep going to it but I just think it makes sense just because it's a team that looked great offensively during the like year and then in the playoffs was kind of shut down right I think the difference between the two teams is like Florida's deep right like they Florida's like they, also got they have, big defensemen as well yeah like they can at least a way better team there's a way better team like, they can just sit down and play the physical game as well yeah I know I, I completely agree I just think 
I'm only picking them because there's always an upset, and I just don't love when teams aren't great defensively. Um, I just don't think it translates as well. I just feel like between like Ekblad, Uyghur, no, like, I, I agree. Forsling, Montour, like you got your all your offensive Gudis? guys, and then yeah, and Gudis, right? But like, and Gee. then you got your Rakdo Gudis, your Ben Sharat that are just staying at home, dumping, punching guys, people, throwing right? people, from, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting to see, and I mean, it might not happen, but for me, I think the more interesting battle will be. I think the Florida Panthers are going to take it. It's once they get a more um, yeah. challenging team to play against, kind of like what we what we talked about with the Calgary Flames and Edmonton. If we if they do go on, so to speak, because we don't necessarily or sorry, Colorado. We mentioned that for Colorado, mm-hmm. uh, but it'll be interesting to see how the Panthers do if they do beat Washington. How they do against the Leafs or Tampa? Now moving over to the Leafs and Tampa, this is the team that can never get past the first round against the two-time Stanley Cup champions. Now, well, the back-to-back Stan- Stanley Cup champions, I think they've won three in their entire existence. Yeah. Um, my goodness, this will be a fun, a very fun matchup. But, I mean... I've actually this got a hot take. Is, for this I, I think this is going to be the okay. year the Leafs take it. This okay. is going to be yeah. the year the Leafs get their shit right, figure it out, and get past the Tampa Bay Light. I mean, it was past the Boston Bruins before. You know, you know what Aristotle said is like basically if you you do the same thing and expect a different outcome, like that's insanity. Uh, I'm not. Their- I am not picking the Toronto Maple Leafs. I am picking the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, I think. I think- if they had a better kind of like, if they played like Washington, I'd pick the Leafs. I, I think, I but I think the biggest reason why is not only I don't trust them if it goes to seven games, which means they have to win in six. Um, and two is one team has Vasilevsky and one team doesn't, and I just and experience as well. So I, I think it's Tampa. I don't think it's stupid to say the Leafs could win the series. They definitely can. I think they're the betting favorites, which I think is maybe mis- wrong in my opinion, but um, crazy. But yeah, I'm, I'm just interested to hear Olivier's hot take. My 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 take here is like this is a year where the Leafs have they have a lot of expectations because they always do because it's the Leafs, it's Toronto, always expectations, everything needs to be perfect. But to me is like this is a rare matchup where they're coming in as quote unquote underdogs. I know the betting odds aren't like that and the standings show a little differently, but like Everybody sees the series and goes, yeah, Tampa wins that because Tampa is going back to back to back, right? Yeah. And I think going in as underdogs is going to be beneficial for them because every day they step on the ice, they're going to be like, yeah, we have something to prove out here. And it's not going to be tripping over themselves being like, well, we can't lose to Montreal. We were up 3-1 or whatever. We can't lose to Boston again. So I, I think they're going to pull through because they're going to look at themselves as the underdogs as the ones that need to prove themselves. And they're actually going to make it happen this time. Plus they've made enough changes that I feel like they can. Sustain, I think they're a deeper they can sustain playoffs a, a lot better team. than before. Yeah. The fact that there's like a lot of their guys, you know, closer to the 50 point mark, their fourth and third lines are performing relatively well and not getting scored on too much either. Like, then mm-hmm. Lilligren and Sandine are like a bit older. Lilligren's been really good. Yeah, they're playing better. Yeah. Justin Hall came back down to earth, but is still playing very well. 
He's still like um, if he's your eighth or seventh defenseman, you're happy. Like, and that's basically what he is, yeah, right? Yeah, like, exactly. And like yeah. TJ Brody, like Engvall's been playing really well as well. Mikheyev, Michael Bunting doing whatever. I think he was had like do. 20 goals or 18 goals, some crazy thing. Like, Mikheyev has 21 goals, yeah. Jesus, and then and but... even like I trust Peter Mrazek so much more than any of the goaltenders they've had recently. Really? Because he's been a yeah, true this year. He's been Man, like he has been brutal has been this year. He's been horrible. I've just I don't know. Like playing but, behind Carolina was probably a lot easier for him. But I I trust Peter Mrazek more than I trust Jack Campbell. I would maybe other years, but this year he's been so bad. I know he's injured still. Um, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I, although like Campbell's been a bit better like since he's come back, and then the Shalgren guy has been okay. Like he's not. It hasn't been great, but he hasn't been like no. he has, as sim- as he has similar numbers to Mrazek. Yeah, so uh, that's the thing is I just don't trust their goaltending. If they had like a goalie, I'd be like, you know, it didn't even need to be like elite, elite, but kind of. I mean, Jack Campbell's he, playing league average right now. He's nine. Yeah, but he was like he was like, he was like Patrick won 1984 or 1986, and then he was like name me a sense goalie the past five years bad um who's so, a tsn broadcaster what who's a tsn broadcaster who was mcclellan or something yeah mcclellan yeah. You, yeah. Hey, yeah 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 there you go so um yeah i just don't trust their goaltending and and they're against like the best goalie in the world although he hasn't been the best this year mm-hmm. um, i i, I just has been decent yeah. Like Vasilevsky and Campbell have very similar numbers right now. If that if that holds true in the in the in the series, I think the Leafs can win. Like that, but I just don't I just think Vasilevsky, he won the con Smythe last year. It's hard to kind of feel like he's gonna get nervous. <laughs> I'm still putting it, I'm still putting it on the Leafs. I also feel like neither team's made any insane additions yeah hey mark giordano come on okay i mean giordano was the biggest flash and he's been you know he might be that defensive piece that they need for the he might be the piece that they needed for the playoffs yeah um maybe not nothing certain but in that case i give the edge to wrong because tampa brought in nick 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 paul brought in nick paul yeah and hagel he had that sick goal that was about it (laughs) And yeah, Brennan Hagel. Hagel is just kind of taking a bet on a, uh, like almost on the future. He's 23 and he has a lot of potential still. Yeah. Mm. I, I would also like to add if, if Toronto's like top four players cannot figure their shit out, they're not going to get anywhere. Yep. Matthews, Marner, Nylander, and Tavares need to all find consistency in the playoffs. It cannot be one of them. It cannot be two of them. It needs to be all four of them. Because every single year that we've seen, there's always been one that's been good, and then the other two or three that just completely fucked off and done nothing. Like I think against the Washington series, Marner was really good, and Matthews was meh. And then the next year, Marner was meh, and then Matthews was good, Nylander was meh, and so on. And then against like Montreal, Nylander was good, and the Tavares rest was, was Tavares was horrible against the Habs. Yeah, Nylander is the only one who showed up against the Habs. Yeah, but that's what I mean. It's yeah. like these players, your four best players on the team. You know, yes, you need really good goaltending, but if your four best players can't get anything done, or like. 
You're I not going to go anywhere. I think it's Nylander has been good recently. I think it's Matthews and Marner. It's like, are you going to be just, right, right, but there's just always play as well as you did in the regular season? You don't even need to take like a next like level. Matthews had 60 fucking goals, right? So they just need they they just need to not regress. Yes. They need yes. to just stay the course. Yeah. 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 Like he they don't need to play unbelievable. The they just need to play up to how well they've been this year, right? So yeah. I, I, I totally agree. Yeah. I think that's the right kind of take because like if they regress or just even kind of like this team is gonna only go as far as those guys take them, right? Like at the end of the day, they need those guys to be good, right? I'm not saying that means they beat Tampa, but to to, to have any chance of beating Tampa, they have to be like 60 goal Matthews, Marner, 100 points, whatever. I don't know how many points Marner. He, he was injured for a few games, but he was on pace for more than 100 points. Yeah, right. So, um, let you want to move on to the Metro? Because I think this is a. Yes. Let's go. So, Boston and, of course, not Metro, but Atlantic, but in the Metro, uh, whatever. Boston versus Carolina. This will be an interesting matchup as Boston always wins in the first round because they play the Leafs. Now, <laughs> Carolina is a very strong team, very good depth. Uh, their defense core is rather exceptional, hard to penetrate them. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's hard to talk about this. I, I just feel like Boston is getting much older in a few categories. And it's hard to know what their new kind of goaltending tandem will kind of provide to them, provide them. Cause in the past yeah. we've seen Tuka Rask been really good, but correct me if I'm not correct me if I'm wrong, but he's not there anymore. Right. So no. what are we going to see from the goaltending perspective? What are we going to see from what 35, 36 year old Bergeron and Marchand, who's also getting up there in the airs and so on. And, and a couple other players that are, are, you know, getting up there. I with with Boston, there's definitely a uh, a wear and tear concern because like Brad Marchand's 33, Bergeron's 36, and they're like one and three in the top three scores on the team, which is great that your guys are still producing. But let's say they win the first round, let's say they win the second round. Like by the time they get to round three, those guys are going to be beat up. They are going to have nothing left in the tank, and I don't think you know, an above average tandem of goalies between Allmark and Swayman is going to save them. In my, in fact, personally, I don't think they're going to make it past Carolina in the first place. Hmm. Um, uh, so just to give context for this series, these teams played each other. This is the third time playing each other in the past four years. Boston won the first two. Um, I think it's a very tight series. I, I agree with what you guys said about their age, but also they probably have the best line in the series. And how much do you trust Carolina's goaltending, right? Like it is like, it's an interesting kind of experiment from both these teams that are saying, well, we just have tandems. Like we have, we have good goalies, but we don't have a Vasilevsky or a Hellebuck or a Price or whoever, right? Freddie Anderson is playing better this year than it, than Vasilevsky is. Freddie Anderson has yeah. a 2.17 goal against and a 9.22 again, save percentage. Again, who do you trust in the playoffs? Like, would you would Carolina be like, oh, we'd rather have Freddie Anderson than Vasilevsky? I, no. I don't think that's the case. And, and the no, thing but would, I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, he's played well. You hope it, it goes into the playoffs, but 
you know, when he was playing on the Leafs, he was really good, but he also wasn't the greatest in the playoffs. He was kind of a roller coaster, right? So he was very much up and down. He was hot for a game. He would be cold for another game. He wasn't overly consistent. And I think that is something that is important to note. Although the he was in front of a porous defense, depth. though. I yeah. agree. He was I, in front I, of a terrible defense. They were not terrible. There's a defensive they, core that didn't know how to defend. Mm-hmm. They knew how to attack. They didn't know how to defend. Mm-hmm. Carolina's defense is late years apart from yeah, no. what the Leafs presented at that blue line. No, I I, I can lay your part. I, I completely I completely agree. I, I picked Carolina in seven. Um, that's what I, I picked, but I, I do think Boston could easily win this series. I think it's going to be a really like you know every, going through the matchups. There's only one like a couple series that you feel aren't like kind of pickums. Like in this series, I could easily see Boston winning. Um, I'd pick Carolina, but um, one yeah. thing that does like it doesn't influence the decision that much. Like I haven't let it in any sense, but during the regular season, I know playoffs are different. During the regular season, Carolina won all three games. Two of those were by shutouts. They won 16 to 1 the goal. The, they, the goals they won 6 0. They won 7 1, and they won 3 0. Boston has scored one goal against the Carolina Hurricanes this year. Outscored out 16 to 1. Right. Yeah. Like, not, that, not like the regular season, completely different ball game. But like, there is that precedent that Carolina clearly seems to know how to play against what Boston is doing. Yeah. And that game plan isn't going to change much when the playoffs come around. No. Unless if something drastic happens. I don't see them doing anything like that. All right. So I think we're all fairly convinced that Carolina will put the, uh, you know, go ahead and then win in uh, what? Six ish, seven ish games. I say five, but five, five, or, okay. five or six, five or six, five or not six, seven. Five I, don't seven. Think it, not. I kind of like Boston more than most, but. Okay. And I, I don't love Carolina as much. I still think they're really good, but already last matchup, Penguins versus the Rangers. It's Crosby at MSG. It is Chesterkin, who has been lights out this year and probably should win the uh, Vesna trophy. Uh and I mean, let's this will be an interesting matchup, perhaps for the wrong reasons in my mind. One, Shesterkin has carried the Rangers and Perhaps the Rangers aren't as good as they actually are playing. Um, I think some of their players are having career years. Uh, Kof Chris Kreider, and a, a few others. Um, and I mean, the Pittsburgh Penguins—they're they're always kicking around. As long as you have, you know, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, they're going to be pushing for it. But all their best players are in their you know mid thirties, late like getting to later 30s uh it'll be interesting to see how the speed of the rangers deals with the i mean penguins do have some speed as well but they're not the same speedsters of what 2017 or 2016 2017 yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens here um yeah no i think what you're saying is right about the kind of and also obviously shesterkin's been like mvp like carry price prime level numbers although he subsided a little bit at the end of the year but um like they have a vesna goalie um and i think that kind of you know helped a little bit of like kind of gloss over a lot of their flaws um so it'll it'll be tough i think um for them to win but they're still a good team and they have a lot of offense um i don't 
know like Jari's been better for them. The Smith is okay, but um, like last year, the reason why Pittsburgh lost was because of their goaltending, um, like almost like wholeheartedly. Although, as I mentioned, Jari's better this year. So I think it's again a really, really tight series. I think I kind of like the Rangers just because. I know they'll be able to score and I know they'll be able to have great goaltending and that's pretty hard in the playoffs. And, and the Pittsburgh team is good, but they're not great. Um, or at least I don't think they are. So I'm going to go with the Rangers, but again, really tight. I'm going to go in seven. I don't think it's going to be all that tight. Okay. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Rangers just because I, I don't trust the Pittsburgh's goaltending. I think they're going to run into a similar situation as last year where their goaltending kind of falls apart, especially compared to what Shosturkin has been doing this year. Uh, yeah, I think Rangers, Rangers in six. Okay. So still tight-ish, but... Uh, what, what if Lafreniere just, like, breaks out and just I, scores a no, hat-trick? No, no chance. Zero no. chance. Dude, it's the baby. Go back to our draft podcast and listen to how much I don't like Lafreniere. Yeah, <laughs> I think just just having Shosturkin and a well-rounded team, and having players that are peaking at the right time, it's like, yeah, is Chris Kreider ever going to score fifty-two goals again? You know what? I'll tell you right now, probably not. However, if he's going to do it this year, just ride it and go with it. Like, sure, he's peaking right now, but you just you know, it only takes that to get to the Stanley Cup. You only need a couple of guys to really play super well yeah. to get you over that hump, right? And, you know, Adam Fox consistently in Norris talks. And I get the feeling he's going to be, to be for the foreseeable future. So yeah. Him it's going to be, yeah, yeah, it's going to be an Adam Fox, Kale McCarr battle for the foreseeable future. And like Thanks, Anderson. No, no, no thanks for trying kidding. though. But, yeah. Um, yeah. and then you just have a bunch of other, you know, Temi Panarin, Zabinijad, even just picking up guys like Goodrow. Yeah. Who've just been, playing well for them and Goodrose, you know, he knows what it's like to be on a Stanley Cup winning roster. Yep. So well what about Cop? Cop has been lights out. Yeah, he has. Man, that's yeah. you know, I, I just to give my little Jets nugget, I no, really no, 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 no. they need to make the third round, baby. I want that my first round pick. Okay. I know it'll be like 28th, but give me that first round pick. Yeah. I don't want I don't want, I don't want 54th. Um but yeah no I, I think I think Pittsburgh can win. Like they've done it before with teams that don't look like the greatest, but just have great top six. And Latang's been really good. Um, they do also have just like Sidney Crosby can just do it. Yeah. Not on his own, but like we've seen him as a talent. Like he can just steal a game or two, and that's all it takes when you and, Ra- and Raquel's been good for them. So yeah, mm-hmm. I I agree. I, I feel like if, if either Carolina or Boston were playing either of these two teams, it'd be the Carolina and Boston making it through the series. That's how I, I, I feel about it. This is definitely a weaker series, as I, I think. Yeah, I think, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think it's the playoffs, it's the NHL, anything. Like, not, none of these teams, maybe other than maybe L.A., I'd be surprised if they made the third round. And maybe Washington, too, in that. In, yeah, but we said the same thing last year about Montreal and like no, I I agree. It doesn't even matter. That's what I'm trying to say is like sure they look worse, but they're not bad. It's not no, it doesn't yeah. feel like oh sure 
like Pittsburgh could never make the third round. Or no, the they, I, yeah, 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 I definitely think they you could. Know, I just uh, think it's more likely that no, New York I, makes it the second round. I don't think they'd make it much further. No, I, I think, you know, just for, you know, the hockey gods, they should beat Carolina or Boston and then they can lose to the Leafs um, in the conference finals. Uh, We're nodding our heads reluctantly there. Uh Shall we, shall we go on to our uh, Stanley Cup winning prediction? Sure, sure, yeah. All right, I, I'm, I'm going to start this off with a bang. Okay. The Leafs are your oh, 2022 wow. Stanley Cup wow. champions. Starting us off with a mistake, alrighty. Let's go! Uh, now, I'm not a Leafs fan, and I really don't want to see them winning, but I just feel like there's something to this Leafs team. Now, granted, there's it's a very good chance they in the playoffs. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, we'll get into that. Uh, I don't know. I just I like the additions that they've done. I think they're the type of team that could be like the Washington Capitals in that they could never get past a certain round. But once they did, they won it. Now, granted, that's hard to do. It's hard to em- emulate that. But um, I don't know. Just my gut instinct tells me. I mean, it's not going to be the Florida Panthers because the Florida Panthers are your president's trophy winners. So you can already write them off. You know, you can already write them off. You know, whatever, whatever. I'm obviously joking there. But I just feel like the East might be slightly weaker than some of the teams in the West, I feel. What? I looks. They're gonna be they're gonna be completely beat up by round three. A hundred percent. But, but when the Panthers inevitably lose to the Washington Capitals and the Toronto Maple Leafs beat the, you know. Okay. Tampa okay, then okay, whatever. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. All to say, all to say, I just have a gut instinct telling me that the Leafs can make it. If you put, Will they actually hard to say. Probably not because they never have before, and it's been what sixty something years since they've last won it. So. I think yeah. what you're trying to say, you're trying to give a metaphor saying that if they beat Tampa Bay, it's like winning the Stanley Cup. I think that's kind of what you're trying to say right now. No, it's, no, 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 no. You know, it's baby steps. They win the Stanley game. Cup. They maybe, win the Stanley Cup. Maybe you know, even the ends have won a first round since you guys. So. No, 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 no. no. no whatever. I'm pretty I'm sure saying. most Canadian teams have gone to the finals. I think all of them have gone other than Toronto. And Jets, but Jets. They but they made I the mean, conference finals like co- yeah, maybe conference finals. Maybe every team's gone to conference finals other than Lewis. I'll do the map. I'll do the map. You make your pick. I, I know I know the history well enough. Uh my I would have to go Carolina. And if I had to pick a really dark horse, like my you know, a pick that I'd like to make it, it'd be Calgary. Why? Oh wow, okay, because I thought I was coming with smoke. I, I picked Calgary. That was my dark horse. Carolina's my like. I, I knew Carolina's you both were my no brainer, but Calgary has. To I don't like Carolina. I don't trust their goaltending. I'm only gonna go with teams that have elite, elite. That's the so way why, I. Why aren't you picking New York? I don't think they're as good a team. Like I think with they're them, really not. They're, yeah. they're gonna be. They're gonna get. You know. That's also kind of why I don't like Panthers. On their jersey, yeah. they're gonna have fraud on their jersey once they uh, get eliminated from the you know carolina hurricane that's kind of that's kind of colorado's kryptonite like they have good goaltending but they don't have excellent goaltending right so um it's i think it's better than they've had before where it was kind of makeshift but um yeah i'm going with calgary too olivia i like that 
that pick. I just think they're built for the playoffs and bring the cup to Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to Toronto though. Yeah, no, not to Toronto. Yeah. You see, the cup has never been brought to Canada ever since the current commissioner, Gary Bettman, has been around. Now we're going in some deep conspiracies. So is this gonna happen? Is this possible? Only time can tell. But I mean, no. There's I mean, there's no wrong answer other than like a couple of teams. The Vancouver. But even then, hmm? Vancouver. That's a wrong answer. Yeah, I, no one said them. They weren't even in the play. Like no one suggested them. <laughs> Don't get my hopes up. No, all right, honestly, all right, all right. The only thing for Vancouver is if they had they played, have they played? Sorry. Uh, the same way that they had played under Bruce Boudreaux, they would have finished the season with more than 100 points. Yep. Well, like that's their projection. And they would have been the Toronto Maple Leafs and they would have lost in the first round. Hey, hey if they lose in the first round, okay, so be it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If they had not, if they had not screwed up their first 20 to 25 games, yeah. they legitimately could have made the playoffs. And Ooh. it is so infuriating that it, it's such a Canucks thing, you know, just don't do shit. Just be bad for a couple of games. You know, it's okay. We'll get it back together later. It's like, no, the NHL is 82 season, 82 game season. If you fuck up the first 10 games, there's a good chance you're not going to make it to the playoffs. Unless if you have some crazy. I'm pretty luck. sure Olivier could kind of say the same thing about the Habs. I'm pretty sure they were like 500 to end the year. They, they might not have made the playoffs. No, they're, they, they started really hot under St. Louis and basically just caught up with, but like at the end, they were just losing as many games as they were under Strom. Not in totality, no. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Like the 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 results were very similar. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, but Saint Louis did something to light a fire under Cole Caulfield, so I'm okay with it. Bro, that guy ended with like 23 goals and started with yeah <laughs> with the one. Like- yeah, I know. One started like, with one in like twenty nine games. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. Let's 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 get to the Habs. Um, I'll do this for Kieran just because Olivier does have to go soon. Um, I'll make it quick. Um, like let's just talk about your off season needs. Um, and and I, I guess the first question I'll just ask is: Should St. Louis stay? I think St. Louis should stay. I think he wants to stay. From what he's told the press, I think he should stay. Might as well. Next year's not going to be a winning year, as far as we know. Let St. Louis stay. He's a positive influence on the team. They all like him. They don't have the fatigue yet. Just let him ride out next year. Yeah. No, I, I think the way I see it is don't sign him long, like a super long term. Give him like a two year deal. Give him a, yeah, one or two years, just so yeah. you don't have to mess with it next year. Yeah. Uh, but right. also, like, be super honest with him. We're like, hey, man, if this year is absolutely terrible and you want out, that's fine too, or if we want out. But yeah, yeah. Or if I, was we want say, I feel like it's yeah. more a we want out instead of yeah. a we wants out. Yeah. But I thought he's been good. I'm not. I'm not. He's concerned. he's been good. He's been a lot better on like they no longer start three on three overtime with two defensemen, which is fun. It's exciting. So stupid. I've never. Um, uh, and what do you kind of see as their off season needs? You you number one offseason, you win the laugh the draft lottery. Number two, you pick probably Shane Wright. And then from there, you hope to do just as bad next year. Pick Connor Bedard, 
10 year Stanley Cup back to back to back to back to back to back to back. That's the game plan. <laughs> However, realistically, get this top spot draft lottery, draft chain right, get him into development as fast as possible. Don't rush him in. Don't bring him in next year. You really don't have to. Let him play down in the in the A. And then hope, maybe not hope. Hope's a weird word, but like Shea Weber official retirement announcement to get. I think it sounds like he's, I think he probably is getting traded to Arizona. Or, yeah, or trade the contract or something. Move that money somewhere else. I just think a retirement would be funny because Nashville get hit with a huge recapture penalty, and that's just funny to me. Yeah. Um, um, I do think, though, it's kind of attractive for, like, even I don't think the Sens, hopefully not the Sens anymore, but for a team like Arizona, um, just because apparently his contract's insured, so, like, they don't have to pay for it all or something. Yeah, exactly. His contract is insured, so they don't have to pay for it. So and it's just a great cap hit to yeah. So move that cap hit, and then fix the uncertainty in prices situation. If yeah. he retires, he retires. If he keeps playing, he keeps playing, and he like works on himself and rehabs and gets better. But the uncertainty has to be gone. Where yeah. like we need to know earlier than later. What what if you know later. he's not coming back and you just put him on an LTIR? That too, but. Again, we just need to know. It doesn't matter what the outcome is. It's just we just need to know. I don't think then... you want to retire and have that cap hold or whatever forever. I think no, you... no, no. I think you want to put him on LTIR, but we just need to know what it's going to be so you know yeah. what your next steps are, right? Because yeah. like Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon have to know if price is going to come back. Because if he doesn't, they need to be like, okay, cool. We need to find, you know, we need to keep Jake Allen around. We need to have him play. We need to find a backup. We need to find so many things and start looking for the future because Jake Allen's not going to be the guy forever. And he's not a starter. Like He's, he's not a starter. Yeah. He's a fine 1B, <laughs> yeah. but he needs like a strong 1A. Yeah. And if that's not the case, like Caden Primo wasn't exactly what we thought he was going to be. You know, they traded away Fucali. They traded away Charlie Lindgren. Like, the goaltending depth in the team is kind of trash right now. Mm-hmm. So they need to work on that. Whether they continue continue to sell or not is going to be tough because all the contracts they have left are kind of tough to move. Yeah. No. Gallagher's contract is tough to move. Armia's contract is tough to move if they're trying to. Um, Petrie's going to be Petrie's going to be tough to move as well, and I think they, I think I, I would expect a Jeff Petrie trade in the offseason. Yeah, I think that's the contract that you can actually get value back. But the thing um, is, like, we know Petrie can play really well. Like, he not nothing crazy, but like last year or the year before, he was in very, very fringe. But how much? Do like you er, want- early rumblings, not Norris, but like people were also you know fringe Norris. Like, oh yeah, he's also really good this year. But what about Connor Bedard? Like, I, I if I'm you guys, like, oh, you, you next year you you want Connor Bedard? Yeah, you don't you don't make your team better. In what about that Russian guy? Yeah, he looks sick too. That's why you yeah. become the worst team in the league, and you have like a fifty percent chance, right? Not even. It's like eighteen. No, I think. Oh, I guess if you get one and two, yeah, one and two, you have like a forty something percent chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I that's for you guys. That's how I'd see it. Is obviously the pricing. I think you're right, but you're not gonna. Be no, you, you know, number one, but you might now. Okay, I'm gonna bring in, you know, whoever like a good goalie somewhere. Yeah, above, right? yeah, like, like this. Grant, okay. Granta, like yeah, free agent. yeah, like okay. this year. If yeah, if something like Price goes on LTIR, Jake Allen and you know Auntie Ranta, something like that. 
you just get him going. You know, get Harry Sateri for all we care. And uh, Leafs got screwed over. Yeah, play it off like that. But really, it it needs to continue for at least next year because it's another deep draft next year. And the yeah. t- and like the chance at a generational talent like that is huge. So would you have a first next year? Like someone else's so. first? Yeah. We have I'll... a lot, we have a lot of picks. Yeah. Anyways, it'll be interesting to see also how your draft record is with a new GM, right? Like uh, or... well, Gorton's drafting has been so so. Yeah. So but uh, player development has been good. Haven't exactly worked out. But his so, player like... development's been fine. So like I'm I'm hoping that. Kent Hughes does most of the actual drafting. Yeah, you you have you have four and I mean, yeah, and yeah, we, we, like they're gonna be the president's yeah, for, trophy. For so, yeah, they have the president's trophy, so you guys are probably gonna have a decent pick next year in terms of it. It's probably better than what will be this year. Yeah, draft. exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, no. So I, I think I think the future is slightly bright, but. They're gonna have some two, three bad years, especially next year. I don't think you guys will be that good. No, but I think the fans know and they expect it. And there's a lot, like there's a decent amount of like Caulfield, Suzuki, or Caulfield, really Suzuki, Rem Pitlick. Oh my god! Like we didn't have time to talk about that, but holy shit! Anyways, there's a lot to look forward to, and uh, I'm sure in the off season we'll do a deeper dive. But uh, for now, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, no, it was great. Thank you for enjoy being here. the remainder of the uh, the season review. Yeah, yeah I'll talk we'll, to you guys later. Peace. Take care. Bye. Thank you. All righty. So moving forward to, uh, well, I, I mean, you want to talk a bit about your senders? I, I feel like for the Sens, it, it's really get some NHL talent in there, um, put some support for your top, you know, youngsters because they, I mean, they're good, but I'm not sure if they're good enough by themselves. And they need some supporting cast. I don't mind bringing veterans in, but they have to be good. Like, yeah. this team's got guys like Derek Stepan and Gubranson and um, uh, who do they do it this year with? Anyways, Matt Murray even to an extent, right? Although he's not old, but um, just he's guys that – they brought in a bunch of guys that never have been good. Dadanov even, right? He didn't work out here. You need to get guys that are going to be good for the time being. Um, I think that's why the Giroux thing to Ottawa would be perfect, um, just because he's still a good player. Um, assuming you don't sign him like crazy long term. Uh, a leader. He's, he's a leader. He was just a captain. He's going to still be a good player for you. It's not like you're bringing in some guy that can't put up points and be a you know a, a producer. So. For them, and for me, it's also get rid of the Zaitsev contract. They have an extra second-round pick. Trade that to Arizona or whoever. Um, sign Norris long-term and buy out Colin White and get Giroux, um, hopefully. Um, and then let the young players play. But I think they'll be a good, a decent team next year. Um, they'll have more and more guys in the lineup. Like the young guys from, you know, all their drafts are now kind of becoming close to NHL ready. So, um, it'll be fun to have Sanderson Pinto in next year. And um, obviously you think Stutzler, Norris, Kachuk will only get better. Um, and so I think they'll be a good team next year. Uh, now, how good? I don't know. Cause they still have gaping holes on defense, especially um, forward to group two, but um, get guys signed long-term and get your roof and hopefully maybe win the draft lottery. So I remember when you were, 
I mean, I never rated Colin White. I never thought he was going to be a top player, but you were more into him. So what, what has happened to him in his last year or two since that? Like, what He's got unlucky injuries. Like this year he blew out his shoulder like in training camp, but um, he just never took it offensively to a place that we kind of thought he would. He's a decent defensive player, um, but – just he never really developed and um he's had a bit of injury unluck uh like like hasn't been super lucky but um he just never developed and that sometimes happens and they took a chance on him when they signed the deal similar to batherson batherson became sick um and colin white's only been good when mark stone and matt duchene are on the team and like it makes sense, but also he was what, like 2021. 20, so you'd expect him to still be like decent as he got older. Um, and if they buy him out, his cap hits like nothing. It's like 400,000 for a couple of years compared to four and a half million. Um, Cause of the way it's structured where if you buy someone out before they're 25. So mm-hmm. um, I just do that. But um, yeah, I I'm optimistic about the sense, but Pierre Dorian today saying we'll only spend to the cap if, it's a sellout is just the stupidest thing ever because you put a product that's one of the worst, like five to six teams in the league for five straight years. Who's actually going to show up to a game, like calm down and the owner, you know, rest in peace, but you know, didn't make himself liked by fans. So no. uh, it's just, or, or his business partners. Yeah. So um I'll, I'll move on to the Jets quickly just because we can do it in tandem for me and my big monologue. Uh, I would fire Chevy, um, Kevin Shovel day off. I think it's been 11, 12 years. Um, I think he's been all right. But after what happened with uh, in Chicago with Kyle Beach um, and then just this year, they've been bad and they kind of went all in for this year in a sense. And it was atrocious. And there's something stinky about that team um, in terms of the leadership, because on paper, they should have been a better team than they finished. Um, and they had injuries here and there, but it wasn't like Connor Hellebuck missed 60 games. Um, and for me, it's you you fire Sheffield Day off, you get a good coach in, and you trade Mark Shifley, because I think he's such a bad defensive player um makes it so you're basically down a goal every game because he's playing 20 minutes a night and is a minus 38 and um i think if you can trade him and get a top two three defenseman or a prospect that projects to be like that kind of player um you do it because this team has good defensemen but they don't have elite elite defensemen and if you can trade perfect uh perfetti if you can trade shifley for that kind of player you do it and they have Perfetti, they have Dubois, they kind of have two guys that I think can be top, you know, first, second line uh, forwards on a really good team. They have great wingers and in Ehlers and, and Connor and have a couple guys coming up. So um, that's what I do. Well, let's not give up on Shifley for a second here because he, it wasn't so long ago where we were considering Shifley and not just ourselves, but a lot of people were considering Shifley to maybe go to the Olympics and represent the Canada. So to me, it almost seems absurd because maybe this is just a really bad down year in terms of his previous years. Now, although he might not be the greatest defensive player in general, why not consider playing more on the wing instead of keeping him in the center? Um, 
because Blake Wheeler is on the right wing with him half the time and he is just almost as bad a defensive player as he is. So same with Kyle Connor, they're not great. And um, it just, I think you take the value and try to trade it. He has, I think, another year left. Um, and then he's a UFA. I would not sign him to a UFA. If he was signed for four more years, I'd probably think about it differently. But I just don't want to sign a guy who has for the past five years been one of the worst, if not the worst, like defensive forward that plays high minutes in the league. Um, and why pay him if he's not going to learn? If you think you can get a coach in that can teach him to actually try on defense and be like slightly aware, then sure, maybe keep him. But and I'm not saying trade him at all costs. It's not like if you there's no one that wants to take him, I'm not going to trade him for nothing. Um, I'd rather keep a guy that can get be a point per game player than than trade him off. But I'm only doing. But if I have a decent offer for a defenseman of a really good ilk, I do it in a heartbeat. And that's the thing with your defense core is much of it is pretty good, but there's no one exceptional. And when the pretty good doesn't really work well, then it's, it's not good at all. Yeah. And I, I think that's what we've seen with both the additions of uh, Schmidt and the addition of, uh, Oh, why am I fearing the former Dylan. shark and former Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. Yeah. So when they, they haven't been great and the Schmidt thing, he, he wasn't great in Vancouver uh, for many different reasons, but then also when you look at it, he was only great with a few defensive pairings. Like he really needed a stay at home defenseman. Uh, I think he played alongside Braden McNabb in uh, Vegas for a couple of years. So interesting there. And I I mean, I, I don't think, I think, we overestimated what Morrissey could do. Uh, he's yeah, a very although I, I'd say, I think he's had a really good year, but yes, mm-hmm. I agree. I think for the contract, he's, he's turning into a guy, if he can be your number two defenseman, you're pretty happy. Like, you're fine with it. I think he can be a top-pairing defenseman. Um, but can he be that uh, that number one? I, I just don't think he's good enough. But well, he really he has actually, I thought he took leaps this year. Yeah, he really hasn't lived up to it. Um, and uh, the defenseman that you brought in from New York Rangers, he's been pretty good. Uh, but he's had a down year, but yeah. I still think is a decent enough defenseman. Yeah, yeah. But I'll say there are some obvious holes, and I'm not overly certain that this team should have been better this year because when I do look at that, and this is something I've seen with Vancouver, there's always this notion of yes, they look really good on paper or they should be good, but you also need to factor in what if some players aren't that good? What if, you know, this or that happens? What if we lose this player or that player? And then you really get to see, oh, we might have overestimated the ceiling of some of these players. And when I look at this Jets team, I I don't, I think they could have done a little bit better than where they're at right now, but I'm not convinced that they should have made it to the playoffs. Um, oh, okay. We're just I, I outside think, of it. I think Hellebuck hasn't been as good as he has in past years. I think that's some a bit of a regression to the mean, but he he just hasn't been like if he played the way he did last year, they make the playoffs. Um, but I'm not I, so I, certain, but yeah, I, I think I think so. Um, but they're deco- they're, they've had horrible coaching. I don't know what this Lowry guy does, but they're just horrible. Like they play bad as a team, right? Which for me is 
Like they've always let guys in front just get to the net, which is a coaching thing and not kind of like they have decently big bodies. It's not like they're all super small. All right. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, they've had untimely injuries. Like it felt as though every time a guy was playing well, he got hurt with Wheeler and um, Shifley and, and, uh, and um, Ehlers and Perfetti too, actually, um, who had to miss basically the whole end of the year. But uh, no, I think, you know, you have a guy in Kyle Connor who just scored just now. They're playing a makeup game right now has 47 goals this year. Um, like, you have basically a 45, 50 goal guy. Um, you have Dubois, who's like a 50, 60 point guy. Ehlers, a point per game kind of player, Shifley. But I think for me, it's the forwards with Connor. But if you put up 47 goals, I'm not going to complain about your defense. And Shifley and Wheeler are just horrible offensive, uh, horrible defensive forwards. And sure, they get points. But I, so I agree on that front that, they look better on paper because you don't take into account how bad defensively they are. Mm. So I, I half agree. I, mm. I don't fully agree, but I, I get what you mean. I'll just say a lot of things need to happen for this team to see improvement and hopefully one day for you, at least maybe win the Stanley cup. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's hope, but we're not winning it. I, I could also see kind of like a Calgary style, like, next year you know things kind of go better their way and and you know some young guys come up and make a trade here there and they're like a really good team again Hellebuck's really good like I could see that too I I don't expect it but um I think it's not without like it's in the range of possibility like Calgary was horrible last year right so it it can it can kind of change quickly if they get a good coach in Um, Mm. that's my silver lining I guess okay now, finishing this off with the Vancouver Canucks. Now, uh, I don't really want to spend too much time here. I, I think if they, they really need to learn how to be more consistent and start the season, um, you know, fully trying and not just being bad to begin with. Because if, if you're bad and you, you waste your first 10, 15, 20 games, and for the Canucks, it was there, it was very much they wasted the first 20 games of the season. Um, that ultimately made them lose out. And if they are able to keep Boudreaux, because I don't think he's, I think he's Probably. on contract this year, but he's off contract. Like they need to resign him if they want him. Yeah. Um, I think that'd be a great addition. Um, but it's, it's a top end players that need to figure out, okay, we're getting paid the big bucks. We need to get it done. And we need to start, we need to be good from the start of the season. You cannot ease into it. It's not, like cricket where the number one and number two batters can spend the first like six to 15 balls, just like getting one points. No, you need to start from the start. Everyone needs to get going. Yeah. That's, there's a reason why there's a preseason. There's a reason why there's camp and everything you get going beforehand. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really it. I mean, some additions and so on and what they do with Miller and Besser. I mean, I don't know. Um, I, I have a feeling one of those. If I'm them, I trade Miller. I, I, yeah. I, I'm pretty adamant. I really like him. I think he's been great. I don't think it's like a mirage. Like he's been really good the three years he's been in Vancouver, hmm. but he's just not on the same timeline. And I think you can get a lot back for him. 
Yeah. Right? And, and so like with Besser, he's an RFA. If you can try to get a long-term deal out of him, um, and then at, in the meantime, trade Miller for, you know, a defenseman, like a defense, a, a top four defenseman, if you can, or a defensive prospect that you think can be like in, there in a year or two. Right. Yeah. Or, or a top pick maybe, or whatever. And like, you'll get multiple assets. Right. And this team has traded away all these assets. Right. There's talks about trading Garland. I'd be up for it. I just don't know how much you're getting with that contract, especially right now but I think he's a good player. If you can get value, that would be a good kind of way to move off money too, maybe. But, he's a second line player and he's producing those numbers. Yeah. He's a good player. It's not. Um, and, but I, I think that, I think they're smart enough to understand we're not going to make moves to like better the team in terms of giving up assets. Like we mm-hmm. might one for one, like could, could like imagine if they traded Miller for, you know, Jacob slave and sure. Maybe like that. I'm not saying that, I don't think Carolina would do that, but that kind of trade maybe makes sense or Connor Garland for um, what's his name? The defenseman in Arizona. That's always been linked to trades. Um, Chikrin. Chikrin. Right. Uh, like, I don't think that's happening, but if it's a one for one, it makes sense. If not, I, I, I think they're smart enough to learn from Benning's mistakes. And, and I think they need to realize that, okay, long-term, it's not going to be Miller that's going to be winning a cup with us. Like that's not going to happen. Yeah, it needs to be focused on the Pedersen, the Besser, the Hughes, and even Horvat to an extent. He's a bit older, right? Like you don't know. Maybe you do keep him, but Horvat's a number two center, yeah. and he's not a shutdown center. That's not what he's good at. He can do it, but that's not what he's good at. He's a reliable center that will put up the points and that plays solid uh, hockey in the sense that he's not going to let players score against him, but you can't expect him to play the big minutes against your Connor McDavid's, your, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, All to say they need to realize that this is not a team that can win in a year or two. This is a team that's going to take a few more years to get right. But if you can grow with Patterson, if you can grow with Hughes, if you can grow with Besser, if you can Demko. grow, with, well, yeah, and Demko, Pod Colson, you know, Pod Colson's been really good. Um, he's been unlucky sometimes with missing some chances, but he works really hard, and he's proving that he can be a very good second line contributor. And the thing with Pod Colson, he's twenty years old, and he knows how to play defensive hockey. He can play well defensively. And now Herglander, if he can figure out his, you know, not giving pucks away in the neutral zone and the offensive or his defensive zone, then he's a very good contributor as well. Well, he's going to be a top, like, I don't know if he's a top six player for sure, but he's definitely a, like a producer contributor. Yeah, he'll, he'll be a top nine player for sure. Yeah. And, and those are the kind of players that we need. And, and, you know, the Tanner Pearson, as much as I would like them play sometimes, you know, his contract doesn't make sense and the timeline doesn't make sense as well. Yeah. So, you know, we need less players like that and more young players building up for the next core. Yep. I completely agree. I, th- I think with the new regime, I think they'll be okay. And I think they'll figure it out. And um, I think next year you can be a good playoff team. I don't think that's without, you know, as you said, if, if, if Miller is there, 20, if perhaps. you take out the first 20 games, like they were a good team. And I think, you know, with time, they'll probably get better on the decor just with 
kind of hues getting better Dermot a bit older like you know they don't have completely aging guys although Larson and Myers are but yeah I think Larson Myers um we had Hamannick for a while and we have Luke Sten so uh and Brad Hunt um so we're not young by any means we have one of the older but I, I think I think you'll have a couple guys, you know, with the, the draft this year and the next couple of years, you'll have more guys coming up that are young. You only have one guy that's going to for sure make it to the NHL and the rest are kind of kaput. Yeah, but this oh. year you'll see, like, you'll, you'll have more picks and actually have picks now. And that means more you'll see it in two, three years. But um, And that's what I mean. We're not going to win in the no. next year or two or three. It's going to be further off. Yeah, yeah. I think year three, I think you can definitely be a real contender, I think. And I think next year you can make the playoffs. Like, you have enough of a core that you can be good next year. If JT Miller goes, I'm not overly certain because JT Miller was playing center for most of the season. Yeah, but it also depends what you get back for him, right? Um, I I agree, but even then, if you get two NHL players um, and then, you know, Patterson plays better, Horvat plays better, like all those guys could play better. Hughes could play better. So, and Pedersen uh, finished the season with a 0.85 points per yeah, game. And yeah. at, at a certain point, we were wondering could he even hit the 0.5 or 0.6 yeah. points per game? Exactly. So, so he finished well. It's just his first 20. And he, so we, we did find out later in the season that he did have a wrist injury. Yeah. But even with a wrist injury, you, you could not be that poor. Like yeah, yeah. he was, he was simply atrocious yeah. for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, already i think that is it now thank you very much dear listener for tuning in thank you alex and thank you olivier uh he's not here right now but thank you for being here um it'll be a fun playoffs <laughs> I'm, I'm sure each team that we pick to win the cup i'm i'm sure that they won't win it or like <laughs> it, it could very i don't think anyone picked colorado it could very easily be colorado like yeah. And I don't think anyone picked the Florida Panthers. It could very easily be Florida Panthers. So I'll say it it will be a fun Stanley Cup playoffs. And and thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. And we'll we'll try to come out with uh, some more uh, reoccurring podcasts. But life's been busy. Life's been hectic. And I do apologize. I think most of that's been on my part. Um, But, yeah, thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. And until then, until next time, take care.